All-Star Weekend is over, and Jason Tatum didn't do much, but he said a lot on the J.J. Reddick podcast. We'll continue talking about that with Tom Westerholm right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rainy J's, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine and your first listen every morning. I do appreciate that. Lockdown Celtics is free, available wherever podcasts exist, and it's on YouTube. Hope you're really uh, enjoying the show on YouTube. Adds another element to the podcast. I'm John Corrales. I cover the team for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, and I was one of the media voters on the 75th anniversary team. In fact, we'll talk about the 75th anniversary team Later in the week, uh, I have a podcast scheduled for, I think I'll do it on Wednesday. It'll be the Wednesday show, uh, talking about the 75th anniversary Celtics team. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is where you get all of your latest odds, uh, everything you need for uh, throwing some money down on a game. They've got you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. But online where the game starts. So we'll save the Jason Tatum podcast, extension of the podcast talk and the JJ Reddick podcast for the next couple of segments, second segment, third segment. But All-Star Weekend has come and gone. The All-Star Game is over. And Tom Westerholm is back and says, I have thoughts. I have thoughts, he says, before we start recording. Um, Jason Tatum didn't do much, Tom, but, uh, so there's really not much to talk about. He had what, six points, eight points, whatever he had, yeah. uh, whatever. So non-impact there, which is fine with me. Totally fine. Relax. Go get your all-star Jersey. Have your awesome moments. Yep. Don't play much and be ready for the next, you know, portion of the schedule. Great. But, uh, but the all-star game and in, in the weekend was, uh, you know, it happened. It was a thing. <laughs> it did happen. It did. I, I was accused of having Steph Curry live rent-free in my head today, which was fun. If you because <laughs> you know me, and uh I think you know how I feel about Steph Curry, um, and how uh and how I, I model my game after him in many ways. I, so, I know Steph the reference you have for all shooters, especially indiscriminate shooters. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so why why would somebody accuse you of having Steph live rent-free? <laughs> In their defense, I said that, <laughs> I said that Steph having a monster game and then LeBron stealing the thunder at the end was uh, a perfect encapsulation of the 2016 season. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So We're I can see why they were a little hurt. No, it was but, good. you know, you know. Um, however, no, I, I mean, so the the Tatum thing is funny because like you know he like he gets to have this moment and like I, I think that like a lot of um, you know a lot of guys I, I think at the very beginning of your career is when you try in the all-star game and as you start to get toward the end of it, right? Like Steph Curry was like, no, I am Steph, you know, <laughs> MF and Curry. I'm coming out. I'm shooting 16 threes. I'm, and then Darius Garland is like, Hey, I'm Darius Garland. I've arrived. I'm an all-star now. And I think those are the two points at which you 
try in the all-star game and everything in between, you know, you got your, you know, your, your Tatums who are, or just kind of, you know, cruising along, getting a very minimal amount of cardio in, you got your, you know, DeMar DeRozan. Like you got these guys that are just kind of like, eh, I'm just here to kind of have fun and like do a yeah, few yeah. things. And then, yeah, yeah. but yes, I think, I think that those are the two, the two sides of the coin. Like the, the best all-star game moments are the ones where it's, the the like the the slightly aging guard against the new guard, just uh, really going at each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and Steph went nuts. That was fun to watch. It was fun to watch Steph go nuts. It was fun to watch Ja catch some crazy uh, crazy air. And uh, look, I'm a big fan of the Elam ending. Oh man, it's good. I I am pro. I, I tweeted out Elam ending for all regular season games, and I mean like the games, not just overtime. I want them for the games. This I think it's I'm ready for it, man. I'm ready for it. Think about how much fun that is that you're coming up on. You know, first of all, when this game is going to be over. Yep. <laughs> you have a you can feel it coming. The the anticipation rises. The the shots like the 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 ones that start to get you closer as you're like, oh, that three. Oh, okay. Oh no, if we do. Another three, we only need a two. Like yep. all of that, that math, you're starting to get that anticipation. I'm telling you, you get a mid-January Celtics-Orlando game, like just you get that Elam ending out there. It, it, it At least you have like, let's put this thing out of its misery or yeah. you. I, I'm, I'm pro Elam ending for every regular season game. That's it. You know who's not pro Elam ending? Any end of the bench NBA player who is looking at that thing and being like, "I will, there will never be another garbage time." That's I, true. You know, I am, you know, uh, Bruno Fernando. Uh, you know, would no. never play. You know, no, like just literally never touch the court. So, hundred percent. That's a fair point. And if then, I, if that's I, meaningful. That's actually meaningful. That yeah. means something. If yeah. I'm the MVP, and honestly, if I'm the NBPA, that's one of the big things that I'm pushing back on. Uh, if anybody suggested the Elon ending is like, look, then like a bunch of our guys are just not going to get showcased ever and are going to have trouble getting um, contracts. So, uh, but that said, the Elon ending turns what is otherwise a goofy, not like no defense played game that that's fun because the stars are excellent at what they do. Like, you know, it's really fun to watch Steph go crazy, even when like nobody's really defending him, but sure. like. Um, you know, it turns that kind of goofy exhibition game into something very competitive and fun at the end. So, I mean, it is just, it was just the, the shot in the arm that the all-star game needed because something had to, something had to happen with the all-star weekend. And like, we can get into one of my other takes if you want, because it, it kind of relates to this, like the Elam ending really, I think fixed the all-star game in a lot of ways, because like, you'll keep watching because you know, at the end, there is going to be that moment of like, okay, this, this yeah. gets fun at the end. And that. That matters a lot, I think, in the All-Star game. I think the, the thing that the NBA really has to figure out is the dunk contest because it's too good to scrap, right? Like they're, they're, yeah. the, best, the best dunk mo like the best dunk contest moments are things that you literally remember for years. Like, you know, when I am when I am dying and my whole life is flashing before my eyes, I will probably remember um, Zach Levine versus Aaron Gordon. Like that's probably gonna crowd out another memory that I would rather have. Um, but it was like really good. Like it's, it, you, you don't forget like the really good dunk contest. And I honestly think, I, I think the NBA just needs to just pay whoever, whatever, like make it a year by year thing. Give these guys enough of a stipend that you can get 
the top guys or the best dunkers or the best guys who are also top dunkers. Like you have to have some kind of buzz around the dunk contest. I think mm -hmm. it's too important as a vehicle for bringing in casual fans of the game. Mm -hmm. Like it's like, yeah, maybe, you know, and maybe they're just casual fans. Maybe you don't ever transform them into hardcore fans, but getting those casual fans in matters. And the dunk contest is a perfect way to do that. So yeah, I mean, maybe some kid watches Zach Levine jump from the free throw line and put it between his legs and is like, hey, I'm a fan of the Chicago Bulls now. That is the dunk contest doing its job. And I think right now you're getting Obi Toppin beating Juan Toscano Anderson, and you're not nobody's coming to the game for that. Like, cause because Obi Toppin doesn't play. And as much as I love Juan Toscano Anderson and his story, his dunks were boring. <laughs> like it sucked. So right. like I think they have to try to fix the dunk contest. And to do that, like, you know, I, I think you just, like, you just got to start paying. Like, this is an advertisement. You pay to advertise. So pay your players to advertise the game for you. Yep. No, that's, that's a fair point. I think, so I think two things are at play here with the dunk contest. One is, yeah, the, the names, the names that are, that, that made it great before they're, they're, those names aren't participating anymore right. you know the the best dunk contests were you know michael dominique you know vince carter you know the the, the worst dunk contests are you know nate robinson taking you know 200 tries with a kryptonite jersey on like memorable in the wrong way right like you know but also like this thing here um so yes if you can get the bigger names in there that would be a huge because obviously those are the draw, you know, big like Juan Toscano Anderson. No one knows who the hell Juan Toscano Anderson is, right? right. Like people, people who listen to this podcast might. Yeah, exactly. This is a yeah. this is a very niche audience. Though <laughs> I appreciate you. Podcast people who listen to this podcast are going to be watching the All Star Game anyway. Right, right. Like so, it's like you, podcast listener. This isn't even really about you necessarily. No. But even but even you and us, like it, it is like we're still watching, but we're watching and complaining, and we're watching and being like this sucks and it was boring and it did suck. What do you think of my idea of making it like a, a game of horse, but like shortened like dunk or whatever? We can make it three letters. But I think my argument is you, you get one shot, so you you eliminate two things that are real crappy about the contest i think which is all of the misses yep you get you if you go up there and the ball flies out of your hands you, that's it next person's turn like you, you, i'm sorry you get one attempt like one try um and the scoring which can be like you know you had the Dwayne Wade controversy and there's always like the right. how is how is that not a 50 type of thing like well, you eliminate that because I didn't hear that once this year for the record. <laughs> no, not once this year, but you know, you eliminate all that. And at the end, it's like, you know, to almost like the Elam ending. It's like the Elam ending for the dunk contest. You know, when the last two guys are there and it's DUN versus DUN and yeah. the next person to miss a dunk is potentially out. Like then it, it may force guys. The argument against it, I guess would be that it might water it down because you can't have like crazy, crazy, crazy dunks, or maybe, maybe it does encourage people to go crazier and crazier because you got to have that person behind you that that can't match what you just did. So I don't know. It, it's just a thought. I mean, some they got to do something. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, I, I think 
it, it depends how how crazy you want to go with fixing the format, right? Because you could try that, and that's a completely different format, and that would be fun, and it would encourage like it would move things along, so guys aren't like jumping but not attempting a dunk, so that it doesn't count as an attempt, and all this mm -hmm. crap that like like if you yeah if you if you're just doing dunk, that's that's definitely better. Um, I think if you want to keep, but yeah, I think if you want to keep the same format, I think you just figure out the number that makes people do it, man. Like is LeBron, yeah. like, like okay, like is LeBron going to turn down $10 million to do the dunk contest? Because, yeah, right. maybe, but he's already there. Like he's already in Cleveland. So if you really want LeBron to do the dunk contest, like just how, how much did you pay Lil Baby, Gunna, and DJ Khaled to be on stage? Like they, you could just save some money there and make your product the product. I feel like having all these great A celebrities at your, at your all-star game, at the all-star events and the all-star events being terrible is kind of like, like installing your toilet upside down, but like having like a really nice molding, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, like you're just like, <laughs> sorry. The analogy from guy who's redoing his house yeah. is, is right there. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I do two things right now. I like write about the NBA and I fix my house, but yeah, like, like it's just, there's nothing. I don't know, man. It like, it just, it just feels like there's a very easy fix to all of this. And it's just, like, you know, I mean, like, if this is an advertising thing, then these guys who are doing the dunk contest are working, you know, for the NBA. They're doing work for the NBA. So pay sure. them. Pay them a lot of money to do the advertising. And I think you'll reap the benefits from then people remembering the dunk contest and coming back to it year after year and building the buzz. Because if Zach Levine is competing against LeBron James, everybody's going to watch that. Or if Zach Levine is competing against John Morant, not only is everybody going to watch that, everybody's going to get an introduction to John Morant which is good for the Memphis Grizzlies, which is good for the league. Like it's just like it just it just compounds on itself. There's a very easy way and a very profitable way I think for the NBA to fix its dunk contest and that's just to pay guys. Yeah, okay. Oh, wow. That's, that's <laughs> um I I don't I don't disagree. I think I think that could be a way to, to do this. All right, also part of the All-Star festivities was the 75th anniversary. All of the legends were there. Let's let's take a second here. Uh, come back on the other side because I think this is where Jason Tatum really gets some some benefits out of this, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, when we fold that into some of the stuff that he mentioned on the podcast, this could be a a real important like kind of flashpoint in Jason Tatum's career. We'll talk about that after I talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is a very delicious. Uh, protein bar tastes like a candy bar it's covered in chocolate all these different flavors from fruity to chocolatey to peanut butter to coconut like different different styles of flavors whatever your preference is they have something for you i know there's a lot of snacking going on it's winter it's cold we like to sit inside and huddle up in our blankets and hoodies and, and snack and watch movies and stuff uh snack on a built bar if you want something that's kind of healthier because they're like i said covered in chocolate they're all about 130 calories or so four grams of net sugar four net carbs and about 17 grams of protein in each one when you go to built.com you can scroll over each one and say okay this is they they put their nutrition information right there it's not hard to find they're not hiding anything it's great after a workout it's great as a meal replacement and if you're on the go Grab one with your coffee, and you know when you're sitting in traffic, have a listen to the podcast. Have a built bar, have your coffee. Great, you're gonna get through your morning commute. You'll be fine. You're not gonna want to kill anybody. You're gonna probably go into work somewhat happy. 
So go to built.com, check it out. Use a promo code LOCK15. You can use that LOCK15 every single time. It doesn't expire, so there's no pressure on you. Go find something you want to try. Use the promo code. If you like it, then you can go get more of it. If you don't, you don't feel like you've bought a bunch of stuff that you might not like. So go to built.com. You're going to find plenty of stuff that you love. Use that promo code LOCK15. gets you 15% off every single time at built.com. Hey, thanks for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Why not make Lockdown Now your second listen every day when the games come back? Lockdown Now will have great recaps of every single game in the NBA. Courtesy of the local experts, we'll be recording a couple-minute reactions so you get each side, and uh, it's, a, it's a great way to get caught up on the league. So go check out Lockdown Now wherever you get your podcast, and it's on the NBA channel on YouTube, Locked On NBA channel on YouTube. So Jason Tatum was part of All-Star Weekend, and Tom, I think one of my biggest, the, the, the biggest benefit for him is getting to walk around and see all of these legends. He's talking to Kevin McHale. He's meeting Robert Parrish. He's meeting, you know, he, he's in a photo with Pierce and KG and McHale and Parrish. And, you know, after, after the All-Star game, he's like, I didn't feel like I belonged in that photo. You get a little bit of a humbling, a little bit of a, hey, you know, oh my God, the, look at all of these legends and this young guy that they all have these tremendous egos. They all feel like they're on top of the world. And then you walk into this room full of these legends. It's like, whoa, all of a sudden that, that 20, you know, that 20 something year old becomes like a 12 year old again. It's like, either guys he grew up watching or the guys that he grew up like reading about. And I think that level of perspective of all of that greatness that's out there and just where he is in the league and how much more he needs to do to, to match what those guys do. I think it's a good perspective. Like this, this weekend was as much about Tatum kind of seeing the perspective of his, his career as much as it was being out there and being like, Hey, I'm an all-star. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the, the, the stuff about sort of like the perspective that he gains is actually like, obviously way more important than like anything that happens on the court, you know, like, cause I mean, anything that happens, like, unless you're winning the MVP, nobody's going to remember, you know, what anything that happens there, but what people are going to remember is seeing you, you know, dap up KG and what, and more importantly, what, Tatum is going to remember. I mean, he talked about KG being his favorite Celtic of all time and like how he's like, listen, I, I it was kind of funny. I almost felt bad for him because he all of a sudden he felt like he had to like start qualifying it. He's like, I know I don't play like KG. I know I don't act yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's cool, man. Like he can be your favorite player and you don't act like him. Like that doesn't matter. Um, but like, you know, he talks about about KG and Pierce and just you know how much it meant. And I think too, like it, it can be sort of that humbling thing. And I'm sure it is to an extent, but at the same time, it's also a nice reminder for you. Like, Hey, like Tatum, like you have a chance to be something really special here because you like, he's in his third all-star game, you know, and he's 20, he's not even, he turns 24 next month. So yeah. like, I mean that, you know, that kind of like perspective of like, you know, how many of these guys, you know, follow, you know, he, he talked about actually in his media availability, he said he felt, he felt like he was going to be a failure if he didn't make the all-star game by the time he was in his third year. Cause he's trying to follow the footsteps and sort of climb the same ladder that the guys before him did. And he, he really takes that stuff seriously. So, I mean, Tatum is a guy, you know, I don't know how, you know, how far back in NBA history he looks, 
but he is a guy who cares very deeply about the NBA history that he himself has experienced over the course of his life. He cares. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously he cared very deeply about Kobe. You know, he, he, he respects Paul Pierce very, you know, quite a lot. I'm sure he cheered very hard against Paul Pierce um, when he was younger, uh, being as big a fan of Kobe as he was, uh -huh. um, you know, he, he, he respects KG to no end. I mean, these are, you know, these are, these have to be really powerful moments for him. And I think, you know, if you're, if you're a Celtics fan and you're just looking at Jason Tatum and thinking, man, it would be awesome to have this guy on the team for a long time. These are moments that I think matter because, you know, like KG matters to him and getting a chance to talk to KG will, will be really important. Getting a chance to see KG's number being retired. You know, these are, you know, I, I think you're right. I think they are kind of seminal moments for him. Yeah. And, you know, when we think about, we fold in the stuff that he said on the JJ Reddick podcast, the stuff that, you know, we, we talked about it last week, but that was only a portion of the podcast. The rest of it came out. And again, super, super interesting stuff. He talks about that 2018, 19 season and the, you know, the, the desire for him to be number two on the team behind Kyrie and, and kind of where that left, um, where that left the, the team and, 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 and I think he, first of all, he, he understands that that was the wrong approach. And when you get to talk to these legends and you get to, you hear about the work that they put in and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're giving him compliments, but you know, they're also, I'm sure saying, Hey, you know, just, you know, do ABC and, and you're going to, you're, you're going to get there and just to hear those stories and be around those guys and understand like they accomplished certain things. And, and the, what's the common thread through most of these guys is that they won stuff, you know, they all went out and they won like Paul Pierce doesn't make that, that 75th anniversary team without the 2018 uh, or 2008 championship like that, that is, you know, th that rewrites a lot of Paul Pierce's history. And I think, you know, for Tatum to learn and see and, and understand that about these guys, I think it's important. I think one thing that stood out to me is, is Tatum's like self-realization throughout the course of this weekend, this podcast comes out and the, you know, this, the all-star is happening and, and, and Tatum is, is very reflective in the podcast and kind of self-deprecating in a way in his, you know, interactions, like where he belongs, like in, in the hierarchy of these people, I, I don't belong in this photo. I think this is like, uh, I'm struck by the level of maturity that a guy at who's not even 24 has displayed. Like, I know this podcast was recorded before that, but this weekend has been like a weekend to me. Like if anything stands out for me this weekend, it's like he's, he really has shown like a real high level of maturity, self-realization, uh, the, the, like this reflectiveness. Like, I, I think this has been a big weekend for him. Yeah. I'd be curious how much of it, um, has kind of happened over the course of the last year or so. Cause I mean, he has, you know, sort of, I think, opened up a little bit. I, you know, I, I wonder how much, you know, especially early in the season, I wonder how much we weren't hearing this level of, of sort of self-realization. Like maybe Tatum came to this before and just like the start of the season went so poorly 
that like nobody was in a good mood. Nobody wanted to talk. And now it's just right. kind of like everybody's settled down and he can kind of feel like he can open up again a little bit. Like, I wonder how much of it is that too. But I mean, one way or the other, it has like this weekend has been fascinating for that reason. You know, like just we're really seeing it now. Like we yeah. we're getting to like hear from him. We're getting to hear like um, just kind of the, the, the progress that uh, progress isn't quite the right word, but you know, the, um, definitely sort of the, the, like the journey that he's been going on. It feels like we are sort of getting little glimpses of that, of just, you know, how the NBA has shaped and molded him over, you know, the five years that he's been in it. I mean, this is being a part of the NBA is a, um, you know, a lot of stuff happens. It's, it's a very, you know, like, and especially early on, you're very young, you're 19. By the time you retire, you're like a full grown, like you're like a, a very adult human being yeah. who's experienced a lot of very intense things. And Jason Tatum has had that happen to him in five years. Like he yep. has had a whole range of you're the greatest thing that has ever happened to the history of man, like his first year, to why are you so bad his second year, to <laughs> why are you know, like why aren't you X, Y, and Z? Like, why is this all falling apart when you're in charge of it to now where he's, you know, fans are like you're the greatest thing again. So like he's experienced a lot. And it's 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 very interesting to see how that has kind of molded him and kind of molded his approach to things. I've always said that an NBA career or a professional sports career, uh, but especially like a longer N NBA career, it's very much like you experience all the stages of life in a very condensed <laughs> amount of time. Like your yeah. rookie year, you're learning to walk. And by the time you retire at 35, like people talk to talk about um, somebody like Al Horford, who's, who's what? <laughs> 31 or what, what is he like? And, and they're like, Oh man, grandpa, he's old. Like I, and, and to the point where my, my, con my conception of people's ages is reflective of that concept that I, I just described much more than it is reality because, yeah. okay, I'm going to be 49 this summer and people are talking about Al Horford. Like he's going to be 49 this summer. And he's not, he's a very young man. Yeah. Um, I, I agree completely that Al Horford is a very young man. He is a young man. <laughs> um, and, but, but because of how people speak to him or speak about him and this level of like old manness that he's supposed to portray in a locker room, I almost see him and I as like equal kind of like in the, in the, in the, the, the span of life, like, we're at the same stage of life somehow. Yeah. When when he's younger than my younger brother, who, who is 12 years younger than me, and I've always seen as like this little kid, and I cannot believe that he's married and has kids because he's always going to be this younger brother to me. And and my brother is older than Al Horford, and that is a complete, you know, that messes with my mind. Um, but that's that's the the way life works in the NBA. Yeah. Tatum at 23, and, and and to my earlier point, this level of reflective maturity generally happens later, like 28 mm. or 29, you know, when you're like, oh boy, you know, I've missed some opportunities here because I've been too focused on me, right? Like this is what players always do. The first thing players want to do is come in and prove that they belong. The second thing that they want to do is come in and prove after they've proven that they belong, they want to prove that they earned a big contract, that they're worth a big contract. And after they get that big contract, now they're like, okay, let's go win some games. And, and Tatum is, 
I think he's kind of like hit that realization, but like a few years earlier than normal. Which makes sense because think about all the things that Jason Tatum has experienced. Not only at, at he didn't have to prove himself. I, well, I, he didn't have to spend a lot of time proving himself. He proved himself immediately. Like right. the first thing, he was great. You know, he, uh, you know, he, he has, he has, a, he has a kid at nineteen. I mean, that makes you grow up very fast. Like, like it's having true. a child makes it's you true. grow up very fast. And I mean, that's another thing where you know, like, like somebody like Tatum, like, yeah, he's gonna seem like you know a little bit, a little bit older because you know he's he's a parent and and he's you know he's he's raising his son. And I mean, you know. Like all of these things that have happened to him, getting the big contract, you know, this, this all happened to him before he was, he was 23, uh, before he turns 24. So now as he's nearing 24, he can, he's actually afforded the opportunity of, of looking at things with some perspective and sort of being like, okay, what do I want to accomplish? I mean, if anything, like getting a chance to kind of see these other guys, you know, might just kind of show him, Hey, like, you know, Kevin Garnett, he joins the Celtics at what 30, 31 and, and, and won his first title. And, you know, people were already talking about like, Oh man, like is Kevin, is Kevin Garnett getting a little too old? Like how long is this Celtics championship window going to be? Tatum has a chance to, you know, like eclipse some of these milestones long before the guys who he looked up to and respected, you know, ever, ever did. So, I mean, I, I think he has been afforded, like he's gone through, a lot in his first yeah. his first you know five years in the NBA, and I think it, I think you're right. I think it has afforded him a lot of perspective, um, you know that that might really benefit him, especially when he gets a chance to spend time with with all time greats like he did this weekend. Well, it also benefits him when it comes to understanding his teammate Jalen Brown and the importance of having a teammate like Jalen Brown, which he did address in this podcast with JJ Redick. And I'll talk about when we come back here. Uh, first, let's talk about Bet Online. Football is done. It's over. Basketball getting ready for its home stretch, both pro and college. So for the latest odds, totals, player performance props, and where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey boxing ufc odds right down to uh they had all this olympic coverage that you could have taken part of uh head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts please gamble responsibly so tom obviously earlier this season lots of suggestions that jason tatum and Jalen brown can't work together blah 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 um jason heard it obviously Jalen heard it uh, it's impossible to ignore. It's impossible to avoid. But on that Reddit podcast, he, you know, said like, and, and never understood it. You know, th that he and Jalen Brown talked. They both said that they wanted to be there. They, you know, neither of them really quite got why things were going. The, you know, people were saying what they were saying, but he doesn't understand why people wouldn't want two guys under 25 as good as they are on their team. And again, keeping the theme up of maturity here being displayed by Jason Tatum. This is a super mature, I think, uh, way to look at things. It's not, you know, he, he does say that we push each other, but they're not rivals necessarily. They just push each other. And he understands, I need to have a guy like this with me. We need to be able to work together. If we're going to do what we want to do, and, you know, they're, they're different personalities, and I don't think that they're, they're ever going to be like 
you know, in each other, you know, like best, best, best buds. But as long as it works on the floor, I think each one of them understands, like, if we're going to do what we want to do individually and as a team, we, we have an opportunity here. And that's, that's a very kind of refreshing attitude to hear from a guy. Like I said, that, that is that young. It is. You know, I'll push back slightly on, on him, like just kind of like being like, you know, I don't understand why people, you know, thought that, um, you know, wanted to break up two guys under 25. I think w- when you, when you talked about like when, when people talked about it and when I, I mean, cause I had a lot of conversations on, on Gino time about this, obviously, um, you know, I think when you talk about like breaking these guys up, like it was not about them being like rivals or anything like that, or it wasn't even really about them not getting along. It was just about the fact that something didn't seem to be working with them on the court. And you're on a time crunch if you're the Celtics, because you're only two years away from Jalen Brown, you know, being up for, um, you know, a new deal. You're, you're only, you know, and, and by extension, you're only three years away from Tatum. I mean, it's just, there was, there's just sort of this, like, they just kind of felt like they were on a, nerve-wracking timeline if you're the Celtics because if you lose those guys then you have completely squandered I mean then you're looking at probably 15 years of irrelevance mm-hmm. because you know though like and that's that's you can't come away from that opportunity that they had on that 2018-19 team that, that Tatum referenced you can't come away from that with 15 years of irrelevance that's just like that that's so bad so I mean if you were going to do it you know, maybe like if these guys weren't going to work together, which obviously they're starting to show that, hey, this could be something really cool and really good and special. If it wasn't going to work, I think, you know, that was when you had to start talking about like, do you trade one of these guys? Do you go out and try to get the perfect fit? You know, maybe maybe, maybe Jalen brings back like, you know, the, the perfect fit with Tatum. Maybe And maybe Tatum brings back a superstar that can be a perfect fit with Jalen. Like, you know, there were like, I think those conversations – that's the reason those conversations happened. It wasn't because it was a rivalry. It was just because like, I don't know if this is working and you don't want to go down the path of losing one of them or both of them. Right. I I just, I, I never really put much stock into the, this isn't working with them because you have like a year and a half of it, not working and looking very similar. Yeah. But that again, go back to the same thing. It's, it strips all context out of the past year and a half. This past year and a half, we've been living in a pandemic that has really had, when we're just focusing on the Celtics portion of this, had a major impact on this team that, yes, I understand, like, well, you have Tatum and Brown, and you'd like to think that those two guys would be good enough to pull you out of mediocrity and better than 500. At the same time, Tatum got COVID, and then as he said in the podcast, it took him like four weeks to just become himself. And, and so that four weeks was when all of the rescheduling was done and other people were missing time with COVID and it, it, you really just took away that, that argument to me takes away the context of a team that was never built to withstand this excessive loss of players or the excessive loss of one of their star players. And for all intents and purposes, Tatum was lost. He was not good enough to do to, to be Jason Tatum for more than a month. Uh, And then at that point, Jalen Brown, you know, tears a ligament in his wrist. 
and and probably tore a ligament in his wrist and and stuck around and played for longer than he should have just so we can reach that incentive, right? Like the games played incentive. So he wasn't his whole self. And then this season starts and you got some of the same things going on. And people might hear this and say, oh, you're just making excuses. But this is this is true context of of what's happening. And 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 why I bring it up is if you are willing to break up those two players over and ignore the context, you're doing it over something that doesn't really it, it didn't have as much to do with, with those two players as you think. It's not, it's not because these two guys don't work together. It's because the team wasn't built to work without one of those two guys. It wasn't built to work the way, you know, it was supposed to like, it's not like they had all of the right pieces around these guys. And then they were still mediocre the past year and a half. This team for God's sakes, Jeff Teague was on this team and Brad Stevens was playing them. Tristan Thompson was on this team and got he was starting. They were starting double bigs with him and Daniel Tice. Like that was just an absolute horrible decision. And you know, in retrospect, you really look at how bad those things were. I just don't see the argument that well, these two guys aren't working together, and this is your evidence. I don't see that as the evidence. I think it's less about that and more just like. I, I, we talked about this on, on a pod, I think last week or something, but like the, the fact that it, it was almost getting to a point where it was a distinction without a difference in kind of the same way that Gordon breaking his ankle inalterably, you know, affected the timeline of the team. And there was like, it, and it sucked. And there was a ton of context for, again, for, for like, you know, why he was not himself and why signing him to a max deal still was the right move at the time. But like, you know, like th things had kind of, gone wrong and there wasn't really a way to get back on the other track like and i think you know you look at i mean there, there were a lot of stats you know early in the year that were floating around about how like you know how bad some of the numbers were with tatum and jalen like you know games where they played together that they weren't particularly good um i can't, literally cannot remember what they are because you know, <laughs> twitter has turned my brain into swiss cheese but i like you know there were there were like there were stats that showed that they were not particularly uh, effective on the court together now obviously history has proven correct like your take which is that like there was a lot of context missing and and there um you know that like these guys really needed to get back together i mean one of the things that i keep coming back to is i would i'd be fascinated to know you know guys talked about what's like marcus smart um you know when he came back from that injury that people talked about like him saying hey like i love you guys i'm proud of you guys i want you know like i just you know i'm, I'm proud of like who you're all becoming as players like all that stuff i'd be fascinated to know like what that conversation was like what it did for everybody i mean mm -hmm. it, it feels like that almost like flipped a switch um for everyone um you know i, I know jalen has said that his the energy is about to shift tweet wasn't about that but uh you know <laughs> that, that came right after that game um, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I would be fascinated to know like what all of the sort of factors were that, that played into that. But I mean, to me that it was the, 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 you know, the breaking them up thing. Um, a lot of it was, was just like, things are going wrong. How much time do you really have to fix this? Are you sure that it's going to get fixed? Like, um, you know, and, and, and it's not an indictment of them. It, it's just kind of sometimes things go wrong in the NBA. So I will say that we also, I think when we're speaking about context need to make the distinction between 
you, Tom, and your Genotime podcast hosts having a discussion about, hey, let's let's explore this possibility, which, you know, even even if I was on that show, I'd say it's not time to explore, explore this possibility. I don't think we should be even discussing at this point, but you're bringing it up as like, things aren't going well. Let's explore these topics because we do a podcast and, and you know, let's just discuss it. And I think the real kind of thing was more like, you know, Kendrick Perkins, who comes out and loudly says, these guys aren't working and these guys got, you got to split them up. Like those, the louder, hotter takes are the ones that are, the, I think, at the heart of this kind of stuff. And I think when you're doing daily content and you want to have an intelligent discussion about like, all right, look, the Celtics are still mediocre. They've been mediocre for a while. Let's explore these possibilities. Do you think that this is the way to go? I mean, I've listened to your show, and I think where you've landed is you, you've had the discussion, and you generally landed at it's still not time to do this. Yeah. But also, it's it's not time to ignore it either, which, which it was fair. Like, that's fair when you're trying to discuss everything. And that's where we get this discussion about context and all of that stuff. But the good people, point. Yep. no, I was going to say the people who go out there and yell and scream and, and act as if, no, there, this isn't a discussion. This is actually how it has to be. And you know, that that's where it's like, okay. But again, Tom, he, they're, they're listening to sports talk radio and the hottest takes that are on the market today yeah. and then they, then they internalize it as well. Everything that brings this topic up is, is all part of that. And it's not, which is too bad because I do think that that type of hot taking, you know, like that, that type of thing, I think it convinces people to like, I think it makes people like enjoy sports less. Cause it almost becomes like a thing where you like, are you know, you get so fatalistic about, you know, the things that like, you know, like if you're a Celtics fan and all you hear all day is Tatum and Jalen can't play together. You got to break them up. This is a disaster. Brad sucks. Ime sucks. Marcus sucks. Yeah. I was like, well, do you want to like, like this team? Like, <laughs> like what, what's right. Well, why right. are you doing this? If you just want to be mad all the time. And I know that the answer is Twitter and, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. well, I know there, there is a very kind of like distinct, like, everything that's happening now is like there, there is no room for nuance. Yeah. And, and that, that's why, why I'm very happy to have sports talk radio be loud, blah, blah, blah. Because even though that means I do have to fight some people on Twitter from time <laughs> to time, it also, the, uh, other, you choose to fight people on Twitter. You can always just ignore Twitter. I, I, I That's true. That is true. That is true. I mean, every <laughs> once in a while, it just wears me down. But <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh, but it also allows like all of the other people who are like, no, this, this sucks. Like, that's not, I don't want to hear that yeah. allows like people like me and you and everybody else with a podcast to be like, Hey, you know what? We can just take 40 minutes and actually have a, a discussion about this. And people in the car in the shower or wherever watching can be like, yeah, you know, kind of talking along with it and agree or disagree at least we're we're exploring the topic in 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 some level of detail you know when 
So I know, I guess I should thank the hot take artists for being the, the opposite of, of what I want to be. But anyway, um, so yeah, Tatum and Brown are good together. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. And, and look, I mean, this is I, like, I, I said on Twitter the other day, this feels like the, that, you know, the, you know, the Berenstein bears, Berenstein bears. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what this feels like is like that whole, uh, that like the Celtics all of a sudden just were like bad. And then they just like swapped in the good timeline. It's like, Whoa, yeah. what are they doing here? they're winning like nine in a row. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's been a lot more fun. This is like, this is like a way more entertaining group than just kind of plotting through the regular season. Like they were doing before. This has been, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, it has been a lot of fun. Uh, basketball returns on Thursday. We'll be back to talk about that. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I got one last thing. I got one last thing before we go. I thought it was very funny. This is another, one more all-star game thing. Okay, yeah. Very funny and very gutsy. So um, before the game, Carl Anthony Towns, the, the Timberwolves tweeted out a video of Carl Anthony Towns sliding into the Celtics legend yes. photo shoot. Yeah. And reading Kevin Garnett, the man who was traded from their franchise. Yeah. So not only did Cat like you know not only did they tweet like Cat like you know dapping up Kevin Garnett the guy uh-huh. who was, should have left Minnesota earlier, not only did they do that, they also did Carl Anthony Towns sliding in along with Robert Parrish, Kevin McHale, who also <laughs> involved in the KG trade. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kevin McHale, KG, Paul Pierce, and Jason Tatum, and Carl Anthony Towns. That was <laughs> all the decision by the Minnesota Timberwolves to tweet out that video. Yeah, that was that was a good one. That was good. Yeah, I saw that, and I did see the Minnesota branding. I was like, oh, man, that, that was – and, hey, look, slick move by Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns, big winner this weekend. Yeah, I man. think they're yeah. you know, winning the three-point contest and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, let, let, let the internet run wild with – I mean, the internet already goes crazy enough about Donovan Mitchell because he and Jalen got along in the bubble. Like, with, yeah, know, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, hanging out with all the Celtics greats is is only only gonna fuel. Oh yeah, eyeball emojis, eyeball emojis like crazy. (laughs) Eyeball emojis gonna be trending. (laughs) Once again, Tom Westerholm, Tom underscore NBA on the tweet machine. Thanks for hopping on. Appreciate you, man. So, uh, so that's the Monday show. Tuesday show is gonna be a roundtable with. Other Eastern Conference teams, so I, along with a few of the other Lockdown hosts who cover the Eastern Conference teams that are kind of like around that play-in, trying to avoid the play-in and all that stuff, it'll be a good roundtable discussion there. That's going to be the Tuesday show. Wednesday show, I'll bring in uh, Jeff Twiss and Mark D'Amico, who were heavily involved in the 75th anniversary team. We will be on a podcast talking about that 75th anniversary team, uh, the Boston Celtics team, the 15 names that were on that list, and we'll get a little bit more into how that how that whole process worked and all of that stuff. And then we'll get ready for games. Again, games come back on Thursday. So that's the week laid out. Lots of stuff coming in. I know it's the all-star break, but still five days a week here on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube. Watch the show on YouTube. Uh, thanks to everybody who has subscribed. We're really, you know, pushing that in well past 4,000. Now the next goal is 5,000. So if you are a subscriber, please help reach that goal by sharing the podcast and telling everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.